Well, hey, if you have your programs, uh, your Bibles, turn to uh, 2 Corinthians 5. The programs are some notes there, also up on the, on the app. It's there. We're going to be talking about courage that's needed, this powerful courage that we long uh, to have. And, and what's interesting is uh, there's another, you know, we've got our, our missionary to India. There's another person uh, by the name of Paul. And uh, this man uh, wrote a letter to a church in Corinth. And as he's, he's writing this letter, probably from some of the hardest, most persecuted times of, of his life, uh, we now know it as this second letter uh, to this Corinthian church. Um, he's saying, I'm hard pressed, man. I'm, I'm struggling. I'm in these difficult spaces. I really need power, your power, God, in my weakness. And he's calling out to this church that's being challenged with, okay, how do they live out the gospel? How do they, how do they make this happen and get along with one another? I know last week, um, Brandon spoke at the Hub, and Scott was here, and it was awesome. I got to be at both places there at Rock, here at Rocky and at the Hub. Uh, hub people, we love you. It was great to see you last week. Brandon told you that you are bent but not broken, okay? That we can be bent in this life but not broken. And Scott here said we could be cracked but not crushed. That wasn't planned, but I was like, that was good. And it like kind of pastorally bent, broken, cracked, crushed. I'm like, glory! You know, I'm just like loving it, and I'm memorizing it, and just really enjoying it. And maybe you find yourself in that place where you feel like you're being bent and Paul is being bent. This persecution is coming upon him. And that's why today he's calling out, we are of good courage. So we're to have this powerful courage that's alive in us. And I don't know about you, but hard times in my life make me think about heavenly times. Hard times press me to thinking about heavenly times. And that's what Paul begins to talk about is eternity. He starts talking about heaven. And we're going to get a little bit of a glance into what is heaven, what is a heavenly body, what is an earthly body, and some of that uh, today. And the reason, I mean, heaven is what we long for and we press towards. This life that we live is just a temporary short, the Bible calls it a vapor that exists for a little bit and then passes away. But once we've passed from this, this life to death, there is a life eternal that's to be lived in one of two places the Bible talks about. That of heaven, which is in the presence of God, or that of hell, which is away from the presence of God. Hell is described, and it's not so much all of the, I mean, there's wailing, gnashing of teeth, eternal fire, and damnation, but the worst part of all of it is not just the physical, it's the darkness, it's being away from God, it's out of the presence of God. But guess what? God would wish that no one would perish, that all would come to repentance. John 3.16 says that God even gave his only son, that if you would believe Believe that Jesus came for you. Surrender your heart to this payment of sin. Receive this, his blood that he poured out on the cross, that he rose from the dead, that you could have life and you could have life eternal. That's what salvation is. And there's this hope that's held for us. See, we're all going to die someday or we will be resurrected or raptured. It says that Jesus is going to come back, that a trump is going to sound. Let me read that. 1 Corinthians 15, uh, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. There's this newness that's coming. There's this hope that's coming that either when we pass by death into eternity, our physical bodies waste away, but our soul lives for eternity in either heaven or hell. See, this rapture that's talked about, that's for those who are 
in Christ will be raptured up. And, and you know what's interesting? Heaven isn't talked about that much. Heaven's not talked about a ton and just in conversations. There's a lot of confusion around it. We've kind of made our heaven here on earth, right? Kind of thinking about just the things that lie directly in front of us. And there's this hope for eternity that we can press into and we're going to today. So we ask these questions, what will heaven look like? The Bible talks about it in some different ways, in different places, and, and different communication about it. It's almost like a construction project where you kind of like look through the fence, you know? There's, that, there's those panels that are up, and you're like, okay, what's going on? Is that an in and out Is that an in and out coming to the valley? Can I get an amen? <laughs> amen. Okay? It's like, oh, yeah, I think I'm feeling that. I think that's what that is, you know? There's going to come a day they're up on Chinden and Tree Farm Way that some people are going to be looking, and they'll be like, mm, that's not an in and out you know, what, is that a Lowe's? That's a Lowe's, you know, and there's going to be maybe, and people will be looking and someday that will be the home of Rock Harbor Church. And that's not our, that's our it's, a, it's a temporary dwelling. I don't know. Maybe you're thinking, hey, we're in a temporary tent right now, portable church, you know. No, we're living for eternity. This is all these things are placed as resources in our hands, whether it be Rocky Mountain, whether it be at the hub, whether it be on Tree Farm, away up that way in Chendon. But God gives us this opportunity that, In the now, we live for the then. In the temporary, we live for the eternal. Verse number 1 of chapter 5, 2 Corinthians. For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building that's from God. A house that's not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. We know that we're going to get a new body. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you've surrendered your heart to him, you will have a new body. For we know. It says, for we know. It doesn't say, for we guess, for we assume, for we speculate, for we hope. No, for we know. This body, it is temporary. This physical body, this a tent is a temporary dwelling place. In the city of Corinth, where this letter is written to, they knew all about tents. Here's why. They hosted the Isthmian Games every two years. And what that meant was, you know, we see in our day and time when the games are hosted, the Olympic cities and these parks are built and everybody's staying in hotels and it's state-of-the-art everything. Well, in those days and times, it was quite different. Like these tent cities, they just throw up tents everywhere and just kind of sleep everywhere. Uh, this picture is a little bit more modern. In fact, I think one of those is a Kelty. Um, but it's kind of just like sleep wherever you can get, you know. So the games were intense, and they were intense. I thought about telling some cheesy joke about intense, intense but it's just stupid, so I'm not going to. But I'm thinking they knew about tents, but also Paul knew about tents because Paul was a tent maker. When he wasn't preaching the gospel, he was making tents. That was his way of living. I do have a question for you. How many of you, you've been to like some, one of those big music festivals at the gorge and you like slept on the ground. You went to the mountain home country music festival. You're basically a hippie or a redneck. Would you raise your hand? Okay. Um, you're like, no shower, no problem. You know, you're like, well, you're at a real stinking church. Welcome. We were glad that you're, you're here. Um, but you're kind of like, I don't care. I could just sleep anywhere. I could, you know, sleep. It doesn't matter. I don't, I mean, dirt, dust, kick them up, kick up them boots, you know, let's just get going. But there's some of you that are different. So how many of you would say I'm a camper or I'm a glamper? Who's a camper? Who's a glamper? Okay. Who's a Hamptoner? Like, that's about, that's about where it goes. Like, Hampton, that's about the lowest level of hotel that we'll stay in, you know? So, 
we're backpackers, me and my boys. We absolutely love backpacking. We've done this for years, and we find ourselves like in the mountains at all random times. Uh, this was October 5th. We thought it, 4th it would be a great idea. It snowed. It was miserable. We slept the first night in the car. Didn't even get out. I'm not kidding. It was a great idea. We bonded while we watched Netflix. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Um, we didn't get out of the car. We got there later in the evening. We thought we would pack in at night. It rained four inches. I don't know because I didn't have a gauge, but I'm guessing it felt like four inches. Um, got out to go to the bathroom, get back in the car. You know, it was a great experience. Um, but then we decided to pack in for uh, day number two. And I remember when I purchased this, this tent and I thought, oh, this will be great. You know, it says it's for two people, but I could probably fit like three boys in there because they're like half a person. That was the worst decision I've ever made. Um, but in a temporary dwelling or a tent... You know, even as nice of a tent that you could possibly get, um, we didn't clean this out, so there's <laughs> some Idaho soil in here, um, pine cones, nothing living, um, but when it was snowing when we were up there, uh, I remember we put our, I put my phone up here and kind of put it in here, we watched Netflix there too, that was fun, um, we're just living, just, just us and nature, um, but as nice as this tent is in here, this is a temporary dwelling. Like, I don't long to spend lots of nights here. I mean, I enjoy it. It's great. I mean, it's, it's thin enough that if it's hot outside, you don't get too swampy. And if it's cold outside, you just spoon your kid, you know? Um, we, don't, we don't bring our dog because we actually don't really like her. Um, some people do, and congratulations on being weird. Um, but... But I, you know, getting out of here, and I don't know what it is after sleeping a full night in one of these bad boys. Like, that verse said, for in this tent we groan. Like, literally coming out of a tent after like six to ten hours. And for some of you men, like two bathroom breaks. Um, you, you like, you're groaning. You're like, oh my goodness. It's literally also like crawling out of the womb. It's a little awkward. Um, but, and that's what I feel like every time I do it. But. But we groan, because it's, it's temporary. It's not meant to be in forever. And, and you know what some of us do, though? We, like, bling out this temporary tent of our life. <laughs> you like, we start living for the now. And what's supposed to be just something that's temporary, we live more like it's the eternal. I forgot to mention on that last uh, backpacking trip I went with my kids, like, one of my kids burnt holes in his socks <laughs> because he's trying to dry them out. Because he forgot his backpacking shoes and he wore, like, I had some, well, you can see them in the picture, a pair of, like, uh, skateboard Nikes. They were awesome. Um, he put trash bags around them inside to insulate them. Um, but he burned a hole in his socks. Um, I burnt my boots on that trip. It was awesome. I love being outdoors. And then my boys, they built, burnt their chili. So it was a really great, <laughs> a really great trip. I'm not complaining. But it was temporary. And we went home and then we had a good night's sleep, you know. Um, we do enjoy it. We're actually not that horrible of, of outdoorsy type people. But if we focus so much on the temporary, we'll lose sight of the heavenly and the eternal that is out there awaiting us. You know, in fact, that, that, that word um, that talks about this tent, this temporary dwelling, the ESV says it's going to be destroyed. The translation of that is actually to be folded up. It's going to be folded up like a tent. It's going to be folded. There's a time this body's going to waste away and be folded up. Our, our bodies are temporary. 
This body, I read in the process of studying for this, that our body kind of like replenishes itself like every three years. What that means is the person next to you is flaking skin off of me right now, like in this room. Um, I hope you got a donut on your way in. Um, but it also means when you vacuum, you're vacuuming yourself up, okay, is what that, that means. It's wasting away. This physical body is made of things of this earth. It's made of water. There's some substance to it. But there's a heavenly body that's supernatural that's quite different than this physical body that we see right now. For in this tent, we groan. See, groaning grows and increases in this physical body more and more as we age and as we get older. I mean, we groan for all sorts of reasons. We groan because of stairs. We groan because of traffic. We groan because we go to the gym and we're trying to keep and sustain that physique that you have or long for or once had or have never had, but it's physically painful. And so we groan in that. And maybe some of you have little kids and babies and they keep you up and you're not sleeping, right? Or they're not sleeping. You know, you have teenagers and, and, and you're not sleeping because they should be sleeping and you want to put them in a sleeper hold, you know, and you're thinking, okay, but there's a groaning that's going on, this physical pain that we endure. And maybe there's age-related illness that you've encountered or someone that you love. And maybe there's heartache and struggle because this life is extremely difficult, that it's more than a physical battle. It's an emotional battle. It's a spiritual battle. It's a relational battle. There's loss. There's grief. There's, it's not what it once was, or the temporary things of this life have taken a hold of you and made it difficult. See, in these physical bodies, we can only delay the fact that they're wasting away. We can't stop it. We can paint the body. We can tan the body. We can tone the body. But our body is wasting Away. But we have this body that's been pro- pro- promised to us, those who follow Jesus, that there will be this supernatural, not a natural body that we see now, but there's supernatural body, this eternal body that is coming. It's different. It's unique. It won't decay. It won't get tired. It won't get weary. And, and kind of a passage in, in Romans 8 that works uh, directly with what we're talking about today, it says, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly, groaning inwardly as we wait eagerly. I love how that is said for adoptions as sons for the redemption of our bodies. That there's an adoption that's taken place when you've surrendered your heart to Jesus Christ. You've been brought into the family of God. Like there is a, an eternal, a heavenly body, a dwelling that is promised to you. But there's this tent of this earthly body that is going to come down, that is going to waste away. But there's this spirit, this new spirit that's been placed alive in us that will live for eternity, that will take on a heavenly body. And Jesus had a temporary dwelling here. In fact, John 1.14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word became flesh. Jesus took on physical flesh, God in the flesh for us. And it says it, He dwelt, which is translated, He tented. He tented. There was a temporary body that He bore here for us. He tented among us. He lived temporarily here, and the sacrifice provided an eternity of life 
This temporary death gave us an eternal life as a gift from God. But here's the problem. We focus, we bling up the tent. We focus on the things of now. See, for some of you, when you walk out of those doors, you're going to step into a vehicle and you're going to drive because now we have transportation. Some of you, you live 17 steps from here and you drove. Not because you're lazy, but it's because what you have around you. I live like 12 miles from here and I drove and the traffic isn't bad on Sunday mornings. I'm going to get in a car, and if it's too hot, what am I going to do? I'm going to turn on the air conditioning. And if it's, if it's too cold, I'm going to turn on the heater. And if it's too rainy, I'm going to turn on windshield wipers. And these are all modern things that we have, and, and we're blessed with. You know, we're living a life that 100 years ago, royalty didn't even have. Just, it's common now. That's like what we all, we all have these things. And you're going to drive that car to probably not one of these, but maybe like a house or an apartment. You're going to get somewhere, and you have some type of a roof over your head that's different than a temporary tented dwelling. And if you're not feeling well, you're going to be able to go see a doctor, have access to that. If your tooth hurts, you're going to be able to stop by and see a dentist. In the first service, I said, there's going to be no doctors and dentists in heaven. And people were like, amen. And I was like, obviously you're not a doctor or dentist. Um, So... (laughs) I'll say it a little different in this service because I don't want to offend people. Um, not sure if there'll be lawyers there, but, um, <laughs> but there, we won't have a need for that because our body won't waste away. The pain, the suffering, the hurt, the anguish, the things we deal with will not exist. But we've made a really good, comfortable dwelling that's temporary. So earlier when I taught, we saw our missionaries that are in India we talked about that. I just want you to know, like, we're not showing that part of our service anywhere out online or anything. And I can't refer and even say their names right now. Because if I do, it would compromise their ministry and potentially their lives. And we're worried about blinging out our tent. We're worried about the things of the now. To know that there is When there's a surrender to Jesus, there's a transition of lifestyle. There's a transition of the way that you are treated. There's actual persecution. Some of you that are here at Rocky today, you might have drove down Linder and saw that construction. Saw, why, God? (laughs) Why? You were already five minutes late. Like 82% of you. Like, you come, you know, whatever service time it is, add seven minutes, that's the service you attend. Those of you in this room right now, you're at the 937 service. Today it was 941 because you had to wrap around and go, or you just sent the kids running and you parked it up on the curb. You know, you're like, Sunday, they're not working. They put the cones up, but they don't know anything. Um, But that's, we view persecution. No, do you understand? Like the spiritual warfare the attacks that have come upon them, that when they walk up to their church building, they've taken boulders and they've placed it over the front end of the room so they cannot meet in their building. Threats are made. Death threats are made. But we're worried whether or not somebody liked our status. 
we're worried about which place are we going to eat, not are we going to eat. Some of you are going, which Bible should I take? No, I have my phone. Never mind. It's not a matter of which Bible. It's a matter of, can I get my hands on one? These are different things. And we've made a temporary assignment extremely comfortable. This is a temporary dwelling place. But we make it extremely comfortable. And we say things like, I need to rest. We need a safe place for our kids. We want to make memories together. How about changing eternity? How about giving of everything that we have been given by him for his glory and for his honor? No, let's store up. Let's store up because we don't know what might happen. Let me tell you how Paul happened. (laughs) Paul died for his faith. And believe it or not, today, in our day and time, there are still people dying for their faith. But guess what we're doing? We're living for ourselves. When Philippians 1.21 says, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Can you actually say that if I die there will be gain. Verse number five of chapter five, it says, he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the spirit as a guarantee. I love that. It says we have a guarantee. He who has prepared us for this very thing. This is by design. That yes, we read that verse, we go, yes, knitted in my mother's womb, I have a purpose. I have a plan. God has known me since conception. God has known me. He's designed me. He's got a purpose for me. But guess what? He knew there would persecution would come. He has designed you specifically to live in a temporary manner. Live eternally in the temporary. So what will this heavenly body look like? Beloved, we're God's children. 1 John 3, 2. And what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we will be like him because we shall see him as he is. What will a heavenly body look like? Often our mind goes to it like angels. We think about an angel. And maybe you've lost a loved one, whether that be a child, whether that be someone, and you've thought like, that's my angel. And I understand the sentiment behind that, but I think we also need to understand the scripture behind it. You don't want that for your loved one. You don't want that for yourself. Like angels are good. God created them. And in Psalm 8, it tells us that we're created a little bit below the angels, but there will come a time in our heavenly body where we will judge the angels. We hold a position that's higher. We hold a physical body like playing a harp on a cloud i'm not that interested in you know i think it's i mean it's fine and everything and it looks great in commercials and on movies but we we start to think movies and what we've seen and the bible and we put it all together and it creates a confusion that's going man i don't really know if heaven's really that great god created the heaven and earth in six days and for thousands of years he has been preparing a place for us how good do you think that's going to be how good will that be 
Well, we all be living it up in our vapor, this vapor that appears, this mist that appears for a little bit and then vanishes away. And maybe you've lost a child. Many of us have lost children, and we think, I want to see my baby. And I believe that we will have the knowledge of those things someday because we physically haven't seen or we're curious about. But we wonder when we're in heaven, or is our, our baby going to be crawling around? No, they're going to have a body that's at an optimum age and stage without aches and pains. And you may think, like, I lost all my hair. Am I going to have hair in heaven? Yes. <laughs> Amen. Right, bald men? Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, that felt good, actually. Really good. A lot of anger and bitterness about my hairline for a long time. Um, but when we get to heaven, that child, that parent, there's going to be this perfected body because it says that Jesus has appeared in his resurrected body that was seen without <laughs> spot and blemish and it's perfect it's good it's without the aches and the pains and not beset by the things of this world verse six through eight goes in and talks about this courage so we're always of good courage we know that while we're at home in the body we are away from the lord for we walk by faith and not by sight yes once again we are of good courage for we'd rather be away from the body and at home with the lord at home there's a home There's a permanent, eternal, perfect, good, majestic, never-ending, never-tiring, never-getting-bored, never-getting-distracted place with God in His very presence. You know this courage that we can gain? Paul defines it pretty well. He actually defines it in the chapter before that we were in for the last couple of weeks. He said, you can have courage, and it comes from ministering. He says to not grow weary, do not lose heart, having this ministry by the mercy of God, 2 Corinthians 4.1. Ministry brings courage to you. When you do the work of God, it brings courage, excitement, a fervor into your life. It's not a I get or I have to, it's an I get to. So this week, when you see out there and all those Rock Harbor community groups participating in Love Week, if you're not in a group, there's groups that are going out throughout our community, over 110 groups doing service projects. So you may see RH Love Week, hashtag RH.TV, RHTV, or and all that kind of stuff going around. These are things we get to do, not things that we have to do. We get to radically, through generosity and love, be the hands and feet of Jesus, not do acts of kindness, no. It's for the gospel. It's for the eternal. So we can bring an encouragement to a group or a family or some project that brings this hope to those who might be hurting. Courage also comes when we spend time with God. And Paul is saying this, hey, our physical bodies are wasting away, but we're being renewed every day. Verse 16 of chapter 4. That guess what? Persecution can drive us to God's presence. I use the word can on purpose because persecution may drive you to turning your back on God because a good God wouldn't allow. Persecution can make us really bitter. Persecution can take us to place of discouragement, but also persecution can drive us to the presence of God for when hard times come, what if we begin to think about a heavenly focus? Persecution will and can happen, but guess what? Courage also comes because you know how it ends. 
It comes in ministering. It comes in being in God's presence, but it also comes because we know how it ends. And verse 18 talks over and over about how we're going to, it's the unseen, the eternal that we need to focus on. We need to have faith, knowing how it all ends. I know some of you, you like to record games, right? I know I do, and, and during the fall, you know, and you don't want somebody to tell you what happened at the game. And I, I mean, I know specifically there may be somebody that I know that gets there at about 6.15 on Sundays because they're a portable church. They don't leave till about 2, and they like to watch the Cowboys. Um, being really um, vague about this. Um, and they, they don't want to know the score of the game, but when they maybe they find out because they look at their phone or someone tells them at 12 o'clock, hey, dude, you guys are killing them. <laughs> Thanks, man. I was hoping to watch that, but now I can know we want to take a really good nap. Um, but when you record it, you've got it on that DVR. If they're going to win, you're like, oh, I can't wait to watch to see how it happens, but I'm really glad that we won. We must have overcome some adversity. This is really exciting. But what do you do if they lose? You're like, you know what? I don't think I need to watch that. Unless you're just into self-torture. You're like, you know what? I want to be miserable for three and a half hours, and I'm going to watch every commercial. You know, you might need to see a counselor, okay? But what do you do if you know it doesn't go well, and you're not that interested in watching the pain and the suffering? You simply just delete it, right, on that DVR. You just delete it. And what does it do? It frees up space. What if in your life, when those negative things begin to come in your life, and that discouragement comes into your life, you're going to stop and say, I'm going to delete that. I'm not going to give up space for that. That depression starts to sink in, and you're going to take those thoughts captive. You're going to share with someone. You're going to say, okay, okay, I need to be reminded. I know how this ends, for I'm more than a conqueror. I know where this is going to go. I know the eternity that's set forth for me, so I'm not going to allow this earthly voice come into this earthly vessel. No, this is a heavenly soul. I'm eternally minded. I'm going to say, I'm not, there's no place for you. Those distractions that can come in. I'm going to delete that. I'm not going to give it my time. I'm not going to keep blinging out this tent for I'm living for something that's different than the now. And for some of you, there's demonic things that are happening and you need to understand, and I don't want to creep anybody out, but spiritual warfare is real. And you need to pray that out of your house. You need to pray that out of your presence. You need to pray and ask for help and say, God, I don't want to allow this into our life. I'm deleting this by your hand, crushed underneath your foot. I want this serpent. I want this sin. I want this evil that's being done to be crushed under your mighty power. I'm deleting that. I'm not giving it place for I am heavenly minded. And you, by your grace, you can conquer. But guess what? We start making our own plans. Sadly, what's supposed to be a tent and what's temporary, we start making it our entire focus. God has no desire for you to create a heaven on earth. And some of you are holding on to dear life, to this life. And we're to be focused on the things of heaven and the eternal. But living in the temporary and the now. We begin to make our own comfort. And that word comfort can be described as caught up. So my last question for all of us today is, are you caught up? Are you caught up in the temporary? Are you caught up in the now? 
Are you looking for a peace from this earth rather than surrender to the peace that came to this earth? I want the peace this earth can provide. No. It's only going to sedate you to eternity. For then there's a separation. No. There's a peace that came to this earth that brought you life. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. You know the verse right before that, verse 20, often overlooked, maybe because it's longer and it's harder to memorize, but it says, it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. That Christ would be honored in my body, my temporary dwelling, whether by life or by death. I want to glorify God in all that I've been given in the now. But I'm living for the then. Would you bow with me? God, we praise you for the hope that comes in your word. We praise you that there are answers. That often in scripture, you've given us this, we have, we can be assured of. I will never, and you give very firm statements. And God, we want to receive this this morning. We want full courage that comes from being honest and transparent before you to minister for you. We know how this ends. Would we surrender our now to you? Let us not be caught up in the things of the temporary. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.